Hey, you guys. So before I dive into today's podcast, I just want to talk really quickly about what I have coming up. So I have enrollment open into my March body block challenge. So if you're wondering like, what the heck is a body block? She keeps talking about this on Instagram and Facebook and on the podcast here and there. So a body block is basically like a three week workout challenge that I run monthly. Now, when I say it's three weeks, essentially you have the whole month to get in those workouts. There's five workouts, 30 minutes each for three weeks. So basically 15 workouts. So you have an entire month, four weeks to get in these 15 workouts. And that's your challenge. That's your goal is to just get the consistency under your belt. Now, of course, I'm not saying that it's five days a week, every single week for the rest of your life, because guess what? That can feel a little bit overwhelming. Even for me, who's been on a health and fitness journey for like seven years, I still am never that consistent with my workouts because let's face it, life happens. I travel, I work night shifts, I work you know, weekends. There's just times where I can't necessarily get in a workout every single day or even five consecutive days in the week. And if you're anything like me and you like to align your workouts to your cycle, you likely are taking about a week off from doing anything intense during that end of luteal into your menstrual phase and you back off, which is always what I do. So I love these body blocks, this, this like systematic approach to fitness because it fits into your life however you want it to fit, whether it's taking rest during your menstrual phase or it's taking a rest while you're on holidays or you simply shift things around to make it more make sense for your personal schedule. So when we talk about these body blocks, it's a three-week challenge of different workouts, but there's four different body blocks that you get to choose from. You have access to all four of them, but it's it's up to you which one you want to go with. So for instance, there's an all body block, which is what I'm going to be doing in March. And this is just really a mix of everything. Strength training, cardio, core, mobility. It's really just exactly what I said, all body. It's going to move you know, and work every body part that you have with a variety of different exercises. We also have a bike block. So if you have our mixed bike or maybe you have a Peloton or any other type of stationary bike, you can do the bike block. There's also an iron block. This is traditional weightlifting paired with cutting edge split training to help you optimize your muscle building while dialing up your calorie burn. So if you're into lifting heavy, this is the block that you would want to do. And then we have our fourth block, which is for beginners only. So if you are someone who is new to fitness, has maybe never worked out before, never been consistent with working out, or maybe you're postpartum or recovering from an injury, or maybe you had like a lot of weight gain over COVID or over the past year or whatever, and you just simply aren't where you used to be fitness-wise, the beginner only block is perfect for you because it will get you moving again in a gentle way, but also in a very, very effective way, especially if you need to lose weight. This is really, really good for you. So those are your four blocks that you choose from. I love this because it's like a bite-sized program every single month. So every month there will be four new body blocks for you to choose from. 
And once you enroll, you are in for the entire year, which means that for the next year, you have a fitness plan every single month moving forward. But it's sustainable because you get time off. It's not just this never ending working out five days a week for 30 minutes. You get time off and you get to customize this to fit into your lifestyle. So we start on, I think March 6th is the first Monday in March. That is when we will officially be kicking off. So enrollment is open now. I want you to send me a message on either Instagram, Facebook, or email, and let me know if you're interested. I'll send you some details. You can take a peek and then you can get started. This is a very, very affordable at-home fitness solution for everybody. All right, I cannot wait to hear from you. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the podcast. So for today's episode, I am talking all things sourdough, and I'm so excited to chat about this because if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that for the past year or so, I've talked a lot about sourdough and pretty much every morning in my stories, I'm sharing sort of my daily baking that I'm doing with sourdough. I made this swap to sourdough almost like almost exactly a year ago. I think it was about a year ago that the idea came to me. I have no idea how. Um, And then over the next few weeks, I did some research, got my hands on a starter and dove in to sourdough. And it's been so fun. It's been like the best hobby. And I get a lot of questions from you guys, like a ton of questions. So I'm going to share as much as possible in today's episode, all about sourdough. So I hope you enjoy. When I say that I sort of made the swap a year ago, I actually have no idea what made me even really think about sourdough. I mean, I guess a few things were, were kind of leading me in that direction, but I didn't know anything about sourdough other than I really liked it the odd time that I would buy it from a bakery I really just enjoyed like the the distinct taste of it and it just felt like very nourishing so I really really liked that I also for the last several years was in this place where I really wasn't consuming a lot of bread products like I wasn't someone who who was eating bread or buns or um, bagels or anything like that mostly because I knew that the grocery store breads and packaged things that I was buying weren't healthy. Like they just, they weren't full of anything that really my body needed. It was a lot of empty calories. So I wasn't having bread, but I actually really love having bread when it's a good quality, but I wasn't eating it. And I was buying it though for my kids. And with four kids, you can imagine like the amount of bread like sandwich bread and bagels and English muffins and all that stuff we go through a ton every single week and it just was like almost like making me crazy when I would see my kids like you know having a couple bagels a day each and it was like oh my gosh like so many empty calories and and I was always you know I felt like I was trying to push them to other things like you know you already had a bagel why don't you have something else and I was almost encouraging this behavior of like avoid the bread and bagels as much as you can and I know that that wasn't the healthiest mindset to have or even to project on my kids. And I even heard my, I think it was my daughter one time, just kind of mention, um, well, mom will never, mom will never eat this stuff. And that was sort of this like, ooh, I don't really want my kids to have that 
that reminder or that like image of their mom never eating bread, but it was true. I wasn't eating it, not from a place of like restricting myself more so, but just because I knew it was terrible. But at the same time, I was fully okay with buying it and having my kids consume it on the daily. So I was sort of, you know, like, oh, if I could just get a good quality source of bread in our house, that would make me feel better. But then you go to the grocery store and you try to buy a really good, healthy, quality source. Well, you're paying a lot of money. And when you have four kids who are each eating like a bagel in the morning, well, that's like a sleeve of bagels is already gone. So I thought, well, you know what? I'll just make my own. And I don't really know how I figured out about sourdough or if I was just Googling. I really have no clue. But I was like, I'm going to start making sourdough. And I had no idea what it entailed. I had no idea the sort of like prep that was needed in order to start a sourdough journey. But I quickly learned. I found a blog And I talk about her all the time. So it's called Farmhouse on Boone. I will link it in the show notes. Um, And her name is Lisa. She has a podcast. She has an Instagram channel or an Instagram account. And then also a blog, which is where I learned everything. I just like dove in and I'm so happy that I found her blog in particular because now that I look at other sourdough accounts and other sourdough blogs it actually she made it seem so easy because she doesn't measure a lot of things in the sourdough world a lot of people are using a scale and um like using measuring like grams instead of like measuring cups so they're weighing the measurements which was really intimidating to me at first like it was if if that's what I had thought I needed to do I think I would have been turned off and been like well this is way too much work so if you're somebody who has looked into sourdough and gotten intimidated and thought like I can't do this like this is this is too much work or it's going to require too much knowledge and it's complicated and I'm going to need to get a kitchen scale don't worry I hope that after this podcast you'll realize that you too can be successful with sourdough because Farmhouse on Boone, she keeps things so simple and doesn't overthink anything, especially when it comes to her starter, which I'll get to. So um, my first step, which I did not even know was a thing, was I needed to get my hands on a sourdough starter. So if you want to get into sourdough, you need to have a starter. You can't make sourdough without having a sourdough starter, which is essentially flour and water that is like active so it takes like I don't know the whole like the scientific the science the science behind it I should say but the flour and water takes like the bacteria from your home from the air and creates this like active little microbiome almost inside of a jar so that's what the sourdough starter is you can make your own sourdough starter but I think it'll take you like a good week before it is active enough to be able to bake anything with and you have to do a lot to it like a couple times a day you have to be really precise with like feeding it and discarding and it's a little bit from what I understand it's a little bit finicky and you can screw it up and then have to restart so my like what I would suggest doing this is just my personal opinion is get a starter from someone that's what I did I messaged someone in town that just always knows everything and I asked her if she knew anyone who had a sourdough starter she did and she called her friend up and got a little little container of it like 
I'm talking like a couple tablespoons of starter for me so that I could start to generate, like start to feed that starter and then create bread from it or create whatever I wanted from it right away because it was an active starter. Like this one is years and years and years old. That's what I would recommend doing. And my guess is that there's going to be someone you know or someone you know who knows someone that can get you a sourdough starter. If you're local to me, I'm happy to give you some of mine. I've given mine to probably like 10 different people now and I love it. I think it's so cool to be able to pass that along. So the sourdough starter is just flour and water um, and you have to feed it. And when I say feed it, I mean just you feed it with more flour and water. So I feed mine basically every day because I use it really regularly. So if you're using it regularly and you're going to keep it out on your counter, you have to feed it once a day. Sometimes I'll feed it twice a day. Just you kind of like get intuitive with it and you know when it's like maybe needing a little bit of extra love. But if you think you're maybe only going to bake something like once or twice a week with it, you can store it in your fridge and then just take it out when you want to use it. So it's really like adaptable and versatile and I haven't screwed it up in a full year I have not killed my starter I haven't screwed it up I think that it does not need to be intimidating as a lot of people make it out to be I certainly like just I have fun with it I really don't know what I'm doing but everything has been edible has it all turned out perfectly absolutely not but everything has been edible um so when I say feed your starter, you are like, if you, you've probably seen it, if you follow me on Instagram, I always just have like a little glass jar and maybe I have like a couple inches of active sourdough starter in there. And then I'll feed it with flour and water about equal parts. I honestly, I don't measure. I throw in like a couple spoonfuls of flour and then I pour in a little bit of water and I stir it with a knife. And the consistency that I like is sort of like pancake batter or maybe even a little bit thicker. Um, and then that's it. And I leave it, I put a lid on, not, you don't want to seal it tight, but you just want to put a lid loosely on it because it's active. It's alive. It's going to grow. Like it's going to rise. And that means that it's active. And when it doubles in size, that's when you can use it to make your bread or your muffins or your, like your bagels, whatever. I made pitas this morning. Like I'm just making something like pretty much every single day because we go through so much, but also I can freeze it as well. Um, so that's kind of the sourdough starter. Honestly, it's, I don't overthink it like at all. I don't get my scale out. I'm not precise with it. I am intuitive with it. I've just gotten to know like, ooh, it looks like it needs more flour or it needs a little bit more water or it's too cold in the house so I need to move it closer to the fire. Um, it's just kind of been like this other little child that I have to just look after a little bit but definitely not as needy as a child, I will say that. Now people have said to me like, oh, is this time consuming? Like, does it take a lot of time to do sourdough? Um, Yes, yes and no. Now it's not really. It's so it's so part of my routine, feeding the starter and like making up some dough, you know, letting things rise, put it in the oven. Like it's very habitual to me now. But in the beginning, was it time consuming? Well, yeah, because learning something new is always going to be time consuming, but that's okay. Like if we want to learn something new or if we want to implement a new habit or routine into our life, it's 
going to be time consuming, whatever that looks like. Um, I had to do some research. I had to spend some time understanding what sourdough was and the starter and how to feed it. And I had to watch YouTube videos and read blog posts and play around with it and fail forward, which is what you have to do with anything ever. Like that's just normal life. So now it definitely doesn't take a lot of time. It's very, very normal to me. And I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you kind of what my, like day looks like as far as maintaining my sourdough starter and baking bread and making dough and all that. But another question that I get a lot too is, does this save you money? I would 100% say yes, it does save me a ton of money. I do buy bread still here and there. Um, I buy I buy buns like panini buns for the kids' lunches. Um, you know, I'll maybe buy that like once a week. I'll I'll buy some buns or you know like hamburger buns or something. If we're going to have burgers, I'll buy those. I'll sometimes make burger buns, but I have to be like really intentional about doing it. You can't just be like, Oh, let's have some burgers tonight and then whip up some buns. That's not going to work. I can whip up some buns for tomorrow night today, but not by tonight. Um, so I still buy bread here and there, but it's very, very sparingly. So yes, Definitely it saves me money because sourdough is very, very cheap to make. Like all you need is flour, water, salt, sometimes sugar or honey, um, and sometimes maybe butter or coconut oil, depending what type of recipe. But most recipes have like five or fewer ingredients in it, which is so cool to think about when you look at the ingredients on your store-bought bread and you see what's going into that compared to making your own it's like mind-blowing to me um so it definitely saves me money but you can't do this just to save money because it has to be something that you actually love doing and see the value in it I think the saving money is really just like a bonus of it it can't be your driving force because like I said it's going to take you a lot of time to figure it out. Like you're going to have to invest some time into learning a new skill. Um, you're also going to have to like be available to make the sourdough and to want to do it and to want to be in the kitchen and to clean the bowls and to do the dishes and to have the oven on. So there's like, if you're not into being in the kitchen and if making food from scratch isn't a big desire, well then doing sourdough just to save some money doesn't really make sense. Um, So what it sort of looks like for me on a daily basis with my sourdough starter is I usually, I have to kind of map out what we're going to need. So it's always, you always have to be a step or two or three ahead of what you need. So for instance, you know, I made bagels a few days ago. Well, we're going to be out of bagels, like probably by tomorrow. So for instance, tomorrow, tomorrow I will feed my starter like midday so that by the evening, my starter is nice and active and bubbly and ready to make some dough. And then tomorrow night after dinner, I will put together the dough needed for bagels, which takes probably like 10 minutes at most, like to, to mix it and, um, you know, get the ingredients out, put the ingredients away. Like, and then the bowl that I mix it in is the bowl that I let it rest in overnight. And I usually just do that. Like when I'm doing dinner cleanup, so I'll be doing dinner cleanup and I'll just get some dough put together and mix it up and have it on the counter and I'm cleaning up the kitchen. So it's not that it's, I'm in the kitchen already. 
Um, it's not that I'm going in the kitchen just strictly to make the bread, I'm cleaning up dinner or I'm prepping dinner. And then I'll let the dough rise overnight on the counter, cover it, and it'll usually like double in size. And then first thing in the morning when I wake up, I get up usually about 5.30 most mornings, I wake up in the morning and then I go and I prepare the dough. So if it's bagels that I'm doing, um, I will, you know, separate the dough into eight equal pieces and roll them and shape them and then let them rise for another couple of hours while I'm doing my morning stuff like doing my you know just my regular morning routine working out getting the kids up and then I'll throw them in the oven to bake and usually before the kids need to leave for school there's fresh bagels that they can grab or take in their lunch or whatever so that's sort of like the bagels the bread's the same way I mix it up at the end of the night um, while I'm doing dishes the next morning, shape it, let it rise, throw it in the oven. Um, and same with the pitas. Like last night I made the pita, the pita dough this morning, got up, shaped it, continued with my morning, threw them in the oven while we were doing breakfast and getting the kids ready for school. And then there's pitas ready first thing in the morning. So it's, it's not that it's creating more time in the kitchen because I'm already in the kitchen pretty much all day long as it is and of course you can make cookies with the sourdough um, you can make muffins basically anything that I bake I use sourdough now and I actually just kind of pulled up online because I wanted to just share some of like the, the the benefits to sourdough because not only is like I just find it such a grounding experience. I love making it. I love making it so much. It found it feels like healing and almost like this meditative process, like kneading the dough, mixing the dough, shaping the dough, pulling it out of the out of the oven. Like it feels so satisfying and grounding and like nurturing to me, and it tastes like that too. It tastes grounding, it tastes nurturing. Like it just it makes me feel really really good. Um and I'll get to also how my kids kind of transitioned into that because that's an interesting story too. But let me just share a little bit about what some of the unique things that stand out about sourdough. So number one, it's the least processed bread that you can eat. So sourdough bread actually dates back to like 1500 BC and it was the only form of bread that existed um, until like centuries ago when commercial yeast became available. So it's like really an ancient way of making bread. And um, uh, let me just read through this. I should have read through it before. But yeah, it's, um, it's linked to a lot of like uh, processed foods like so the processed bread that we're getting just at the grocery store like just a regular loaf of like Dempster's bread is really linked to a lot of negative health consequences including increased risk of cardiovascular disease and increased increased risk of mortality and that really goes for any processed foods which I think we know um, it's also a really good source of prebiotics which I had no idea but that's because the sourdough starter which is what causes the sourdough bread to rise, it's full of living bacteria and the good kind of bacteria. So in other breads that you would make, um, you're using like yeast, like usually like a packet of yeast that you buy at the grocery store. So this is using like live yeast from your environment. So it's just really, really natural. And in like the full, li like the living bacteria that is in our air inside of our home. Um, so the starter, the sourdough starter is rich in both prebiotics and probiotics. Um, 
And it says that the probiotics actually don't survive the high heat of the oven when the sourdough bread is baked, but the prebiotics do. And the bacteria inside of our guts feeds on these prebiotics and help promote nutrients, um, or sorry, help produce nutrients for our bodies that lead to a healthier digestive system. So it's really, really good for your gut, which I like, that was when I found this out, I was like, oh my gosh, like, why wouldn't I be making sourdough then? If it can be so good for our gut health and really just help us, whereas like grocery store bread, it is certainly not helping our health in any way, shape or form. So it is also much easier to digest than conventional bread. And I loved, loved this fact as well. So when sourdough bread is, is rising, so when the dough is rising, like overnight, for instance, when you make your bagel dough and then you leave it to sit overnight and it rises, it like doubles in size, the bacteria from the sourdough starter ferments the flour in the dough and pre-digests the dough. Pre, sorry, pre-digests the wheat inside of it. So that means that by the time the loaf comes out of the oven and you go to slice it and eat it, it is already like so much easier to digest than any other kind of bread. So not that it can be considered gluten-free, but if you have a gluten sensitivity, sourdough bread is likely not going to bother you at all. So it's, it's unless you have celiac, obviously stay away from sourdough. But otherwise, it's pretty much good for anyone because it's already like digested. That wheat is already digested just naturally from the sourdough starter, which I think is so, so cool. And it also has more nutrients than um, conventional bread. And this is really thanks to that fermentation process. So like I just talked about before how the sourdough starter sort of digests the wheat already in the flour. Um, it is like a fermentation process that's happening. Um, and also the good bacteria in it as well just helps with those, with those nutrients. So I just think that is so, so cool. And it has a lower glycemic index than normal conventional bread. So, I mean, for me, those five facts alone are enough to make me want to make the switch. And because I love being in the kitchen already, it was just kind of an easy decision. So the last year, it has really been like an experiment for me, like just wanting to learn something new, wanting to have like a passion and a hobby. And it just became something that took off that I absolutely have loved doing. Occasionally, I'll be like, oh my God, I don't want to make any dough tonight. But then I am always so thankful in the morning that I made that dough and that I can have like fresh bread for for my family and not that I make something every single night but I would say like probably four to five days a week I'm I'm making something up now when I go on holidays or I'm going to be if I just know like okay for the next three days I'm going to be busy I'm not going to be making anything I'll just throw it in my fridge the sourdough starter and then that way I don't have to feed it and sort of be like wasting um, the flour like that I don't need to use right so I would just I would just throw it in, throw it in the fridge. Um, and then also another thing that a lot of people ask is just like, well, how did you get your kids to convert to this? I will tell you that was a little bit uncomfortable for them. Um, I have four kids and a couple of them are much pickier than the other two. And my oldest daughter, Lucy, she was like, game on like she was like let's do this this will be so great she's all about making healthy changes and anything that 
is like more beneficial for our health. She's like all in. So she was all in from day one and was like, yep, I'll eat it, mom. Just stop buying everything else. And she's, she's like such a good like motivator. She's like, if you just stop buying bread and bagels from the grocery store and then they won't have any choice but to eat it, which is actually quite great advice. So that's what I did. I really, I just sort of made the announcement to the kids like, you guys, I'm doing this. And it is for our health. It is like for so many good reasons. I'm not going to be buying like that crappy source of bread that we were buying before. So either you'll jump on board or you're really just never going to eat bread again, which sounds a little ruthless, but they were all always open to trying it. They didn't love it at first. Um, especially like two of them, my, my picky ones that are just a little bit more, um, just will always say no to anything new they said they didn't like it. Um, they didn't like the texture. They didn't like the taste of it, but I kept making it and I kept encouraging it. And like, guys, try this. Like, do you want a bite of mine? And the more that they just became used to it being in the house and the more they realized like, this is our only option, then they, they jumped on board. And now, I mean, everything that we have for the most part, like 90%, of what we're consuming is as far as like bread products and baking, um, is all sourdough. So they've definitely jumped on board. And even the ones who are picky have said to me just in the last like few months, I would say that they now prefer sourdough over anything else, but it took them, like it took some of them months, but I think this is like a lesson in all areas of our life. When we're trying to make a change that involves our kids or our family, we have to be like so grounded and, and so committed to that decision that we're not going to waver and that they know we're not going to waver. I was not going to waver on this. Like it was happening. I wasn't just going to give in and be like, fine, I'll just buy those white bagels from the grocery store that you all love that are just full of like empty calories and will stay fresh for three weeks, which is just a whole other thing. Um, but I didn't, I was very determined that this is what we were going to be doing. And, um, I, I stuck with that. And I think that that says a lot, right. And that goes for anything, whether it's you making changes with your health and fitness or any type of boundary you're putting in place. If you're firm in why you're doing this and you communicate that and you stick it through and you see it through, then they will, they will get on board and, and they did. And, um, it's been like, the best thing for all of us. So we're all loving our sourdough and I'm loving being able to eat, um, you know, bread and bagels. And not that I'm just like stuffing my face with bread products every meal, but I do love being able to like enjoy those types of foods, um, instead of feeling like, Oh, I just, I can't have that. And I don't want to have that. And just setting like a really good, healthy example of, eating a wide variety of different foods and having my kids see that and not be afraid of bread and think that it, bread is bad. So that is my sourdough story. If you guys have any questions, just send me a message on Instagram, Facebook, email, however you get a hold of me. And um, yeah, check out the links in the show notes. And I would love to hear if I have inspired you to start down your own little path of sourdough. Don't overthink it. Don't worry about screwing it up. It's not going to be perfect the first time, the second time, maybe even the third time. I perfected bagels right away. And then for some reason, 
I couldn't get them perfected again and now I've kind of got them again. So it's it's all about learning and being intuitive with your starter and really enjoying the process of sourdough. All right, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Bye.